Thanks for downloading this podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy wherever they get their podcasts. The FIA World Endurance Championship on RS1. On RS1. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Hello everybody, I'm John Heindorf. Welcome along to a special programme. We're at Enstone, the home of Alpine Formula One, here for a joint launch of their 2024 Le Mans and WEC sports car and the F1 car. Obviously we're going to speak to the sports car contingent, so let's get mingling. Ferdinand Habsburg. Um, fresh from Daytona and in front of the new challenger for 2024 the Alpine 424 first of all congratulations mate works driver it's what you wanted it's what you were aiming for not everybody always gets their their wish but you have well done you've worked for this yeah I, I know I'm I was I was thinking maybe I will be more stressed than happy because it's taking on a different responsibility True. but I've been more happy than stressed, to be fair. So it's been good, and uh, I've I've been uh, I've I've been on the phone a lot with Jamie Campbell to be like, uh, is is this normal? Like, is this what's supposed to happen? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about Jamie it. Jamie Campbell, he's yeah. of course your um, your manager, manage, yeah, yeah, management, yeah. mentor, manager. Yes, yeah. so he's been a big help. But yeah, I, I I'm I don't know what to say to be honest. I'm like completely amazed. Right, we're just going to uh, move over, actually, as the uh, formal part of the interview starts. So I'll follow Ferdy over here and continue just in a moment. How much driving have you had in the car, Ferdy? Did three tests so far. So Portimao, I did a 30-hour test in Motorland and then last weekend in Barcelona. And uh, every weekend, every, every test, car feels completely different because the systems, how they connect the engine, the ICE with the electric engine, the MGU, and, and all the way to the rear wheels is so complicated. For me, I still honestly maybe understand 2% of it. And uh, so when they make some computer adjustments with those hundreds of engineers that they've mixed together between the endurance guys, the F1 guys, and the Formula E guys, uh, it has such a huge impact on how it feels to drive. Um, but it's also like a, like in a way like a labyrinth but you have that same like childlike excitement like a labyrinth in a in a in a in a, in a like Disneyland you know like it feels different every time but it's it's exciting it's it's always meant to help you as a driver and it's cool because in I'm used to an MP2 where the w- w- you have what you have and you have to drive around the problem and here it's like I have a problem how can we get rid of this problem and it's a different attitude and I love it how complicated is the steering wheel and how big is the, the owner's manual for that? Uh, it's terrible. <laughs> it's, I thought the steering wheels were made to, to turn front wheels, but now it's much more about uh, using the engine in better ways, using the traction control in better ways. Uh, but the list goes on. It's like 60 pages. I, I, it's in my backpack. I still don't understand, again, like 20%. I think it's going to take a while for me to get used to it, but I think in general you can get your head around how it works, but how you use it in the car is a whole different story. Have you had to almost develop a new language, a new way of talking to your engineers because of the complexity of the cars? Whereas before you might have been talking in LMP2 about tyre pressures, maybe a little bit of suspension adjustment, but not much else. Yeah, I mean, the main thing is that I don't speak any French. <laughs> and, and the team is all French. And um, they, have a, a, they have a new way to communicate, you know, uh, their own way. And uh, me learning that as well is a, big, is a big deal. And getting close to my engineer. Um, 
and we are constantly developing how to be more specific on certain informations and details we need to give. They really get very little information from the car and the life telemetry, then more, a lot less than they're used to. So, uh, for example, they don't, un- they don't know at all what's happening on my steering wheel. Whenever I make a change, I have to inform them that I made a change. Right. Um, and uh, you know what it's like. Radio doesn't always work perfectly, and it gets rough, especially at Le Mans when it gets so busy. So uh, all the more do we need to be precise, clear, and, and, and uh, yeah. What? It's impossible right now to know where you guys are in terms of performance because you haven't run against anyone else. But you will be getting a feel for the car. How does it compare, let's say, to an LMP2? It feels amazing, honestly. Like, what's funny is all I've heard was drivers complain about the LMDHs being so heavy and the rear moving around everywhere. When I got in this car, everything I ever learned over the last three years, I could adopt, I could use it, and, and I could develop it. Um, and so, for me, it's really a step up. You know, it's not a, not a step down. I will be honest, when Mick got out of the car the first time, he had a different opinion because he's you know, moving from a Mercedes Formula One testing team mm-hmm. to this and me from LMP2. So it's also a bit about perspective, but the way that the team made the, the chassis from Oreca work together with their power units and the engineering of it all together with the Alpine F1 team technology and systems and the tires, especially Michelin's. I'm used to Goodyear's, you know, it's another level mm-hmm. also, the Michelin. So, boy, I'm, uh, I got in and I felt like... I was like, on, this was honestly, I got out of the car after my first song and I was like, I can't believe they're paying me to do this. I would do it for free. <laughs> Don't say that. That's, <laughs> if Jamie Campbell walled the you say that. I said it and all of my teams were like, why would you say that out loud? I'm like, I know, I, it's, yeah, it's, it's the right thing to say, but it's my feeling. <laughs> um, how's it working with your teammates? Uh, Charles Melezzi here is not the same size as you. Uh, he's so good. I, we know each other well from 2021. When it was on the discussion if we should be teammates, there was, of course, the height, like, maybe it's not a good idea. And I was like, we've done it before. Uh, I don't see a reason why it can't work. And really, he is such a fast driver, and so is Paul Lu. And I'm really happy about the way they put us together because we really share a strong enthusiasm. And uh, it's helpful. You know you know what it's like in endurance. You need teammates that you, know, you can rely on, that you know are predictable, that you know what they're doing, what they feel like, that it's on the same path as you there's no ego here it's all joy and passion and, and enthusiasm and for me that's really the dream come true to be at the top class to be in, in the factory team and with guys that are just as passionate as me and maintenant la même question uh, en français s'il vous plaît yeah yeah, yeah you're gonna have to learn it young man you really are thanks very good luck for the suit cheers thank you Paul Lupchata congratulations your journey is complete Exactly. Uh, you have come right through the whole of the ladder system of the FIAWEC. What a moment. You must be delighted. Yeah, exactly. It's, a, it's an amazing feeling for me to be able to, to reach this top-class category, especially with Alpine. It's a French team. Um, I'm really proud of the history of Alpine. I'm proud to, to race with them in the top level of endurance on the biggest race ever in the world, which is Le Mans, and it's more or less my home race as well. So... So it's just the best feeling ever, and I just can't wait to be in Qatar in 10 days now to, to see what we can do on track compared to the others. Tell me the truth. When you started in LMPC, as it, as it was, in fact, it wasn't even called that. It was called Formula Le Mans back in those, exactly. in those days. I remember watching you then. Could you have even dreamed of being in the top class, never mind with a, a name like Alpine as a works driver? 
Yeah. Of course, I, I was dreaming about it, but to, to be able to say yeah, in 10 years I, I will be there was just impossible because I, I came from nowhere in motorsport. I have nobody in my family who came from motorsport. I start go-kart just like that. So some, some Wednesday afternoons and I did some regional races. And in fact, year after year, step, step by step, I, I have been able to reach the top level of go-karts and I jump in single-seater on and then in endurance, and, and yeah, it's just just a crazy journey for me because nobody expects that from from me, even myself. So it was just to have pleasure at the beginning and to enjoy that because it's exceptional to to be able to to drive first a road car, then a racing car. And and yeah, I remember in 13, I jumped in the Formula Le Mans. It was my first time with Aero, uh, even it's not the same level of Aero that we can have now in Hypercar, but it was already quite a lot. So I enjoyed a lot this year. We won the championship with Gary Hitch. Then the year after, I jumped with Alpine in LMP2, Signatech Alpine. We won the LMH championship. We finished third at Le Mans. And then, of course, my, my goal was to be here one, one day. And it's, a, it's have been a bit long before to arrive there, but <laughs> but I'm more than happy. Alpine is, yeah, it's a dream brand for me, French brand, Le Blanc Rouge. Uh, I have it in my blood. And to to race for, for this brand with Ferdinand and Charles, uh, it's just amazing because they are so nice. There is no ego between us. Um, I know that we'll, yeah, we'll help us. All the year to to be better and better and better. And I know that if one day one of us struggles, the two others will be there to help him, and will be really like a, a small family, really great friend. And I just hope that together we'll be able to have some good results because yeah. this is what I want now. Congratulations! You've worked hard for this, mate. Thank you great very to much. see you. Thank you very much. I a lot of support for you, Charles Malesi. Yeah. A quick word, if I may, with you, then I've got all of this car. Uh, congratulations to you. Thank you. Um, just talking there with you, your teammate, Paul Lute, um, a dream for him, a dream for you as well? Yeah, I think it's a dream for, for all of us three, all of us six, um, to get a seat in Hypercar. I think it was one of my goals in the last couple of uh, seasons. Um, and also to get it with a French manufacturer, it's, uh, it's quite quite something. So uh, now we are just trying to to live the dream, kind of. And so this uh, is the dream car, all three of you, actually. Yeah, actually, we were trying to, to get it together. Like uh, I was talking with Ferdinand in Bahrain last year to, to see if we can make it possible, and the same with Ferdinand uh, with uh, Paul Lou, and uh, we made it. So that's pretty nice. Uh, having a good relationship between your teammates and endurance racing is. It's not important. It's do you you stand back. (laughs) It's it's not just important. It's essential because you're going to spend a lot of time together. Does it help that you guys know each other already? Yeah, maybe not too much. We think we hate each other. Yeah, yeah. but not to get too much, you know, in the relationship. Yeah, different diets. Different. We try to spend as little time with each other as possible. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I know that isn't true. <laughs> now we are trying to, to get everything right, not for the interview. But, yeah. Bruno hates yeah. us as well. He yeah. tried to torture us by putting us together. <laughs> That's Bruno Fama, yeah? yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, how much driving in the car have you done, Charles? Uh, I think I did like maybe eight days in the car. Uh, in kilometers, I don't know exactly, but probably half of it, probably mm-hmm. on the 13,000 kilometers. It's maybe nearly 6,000, 6, so that's pretty, pretty good for the moment. Uh, and to be here on the first test on the simulator was nice, and also on the first, first proper uh, test we did with the car was nice too, and to, to see how the car was evolving through the development. 
was something crazy and now to see the livery with the car I see it in carbon first and now with the full livery is pretty nice so looking forward to Qatar I'll see you in Qatar for the prologue until then yeah. enjoy this moment and uh, we'll knuckle down to some hard work once the season starts Charles, Ferdy, Paul Loop, thank you very much indeed. Thank you, thank you, thanks a lot. Philippe Signeau, uh, what a project, what a car. I've got to ask the obvious question, whose idea was it for the rear lights? It's pure genius. Uh, as you know, Alpine is always like this. It's a French spirit, especially with a design team with Alpine. We, we find a way to, to, to say, have a look, we are in front of you guys. <laughs> but... Uh, no, it's, it's, it's uh, oh, even if it's a marketing sign, it's a, it's a, it's a sign for the mind, the approach, the spirit. Totally, so. totally agree, and it's attention to detail. How happy are you with what we've now seen as the A424? Um, is there anything you, if you had more time, you don't have more time, it's homologated, but if you had more time, would there be things you would do differently? I don't think so. Uh, if we have more time, we will make more tests. But just about the reliability and mm. to, to the, 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 the design of the car is perfect and, and we have a good package. To be, to be clear, we have a really good package. Alpine has not been out of the top class of the WEC for very long. But how far has the top class of the WEC moved since you were last competing? Uh, yes, you, you have to give us a little bit more time to, to, to be there. We will be Alpine is it's an ambitious brand, and uh, when Alpine is on the track, at the end Alpine finished uh, with the win. So after that, we are there. We need more tests. The focus will be on the reliability. We start at Qatar. It's not easy for us. Please give us sometimes. Sometimes, yes. Are we now in an? Are we now in an era? where the engineers are as much programmers and are working in ones and zeros as spring rate and ride height? Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, it's uh, incredible the number of screens I have in the box now. <laughs> <laughs> so, But the spirit stays the same. You know, uh, before the first run, really the first run with a car, every engineer was uh, with uh, the computers and data and they were ready to be at nine precisely on a track. I say, no, guy, we have to take time. Please come with me around the car. Take time to appreciate, to, to take the, the me- measurement of this moment. Correct. It's crucial. It's crucial. And now we can go. Eight minutes after we go. Yeah, I like that. And that also gives people a sense of perspective of what you've achieved to that point, just getting the car there. What was the biggest challenge in, in designing and developing the A424 to this new... Um, LMH real set with our Eureka uh, partner we start with uh, something strong on the paper so and very strong knowledge we, all the staff Hugh uh, staff with, was with us uh, immediately was and that a simple choice because there are other people you could have gone to clearly uh, yes but it uh, was clear for us immediately Eureka uh, will be the, uh, was identified immediately uh, as a par- uh, our partner for this project and after you have uh, Alpine, uh, Alpine uh, in Viry Châtillon, a huge experience also. So uh, it was not hard to, 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 to combine uh, this uh, knowledge and, and savoir-faire. 
and um, the result is, is uh, I think before to, we decide to, 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 to create this car, they have already think about this. Congratulations on what you've produced, you as one would expect. It's an Alpine, it's beautiful. <laughs> right, let's have a quick word with Nico Lapierre. You're looking forward to this, aren't you? I can tell. Yeah, for sure. And especially uh, being back with Alpine is even more special, you know. And it's a great project. Um, it was uh, born uh, 18 months ago or something like this. And we've been working very hard for this development phase. Uh, now the car has been homologated, so it's, uh, it's a different story. But um, the car is well born, very nice to drive. Uh, I find it beautiful as well, and uh, I uh, really enjoy driving it. And yeah, looking forward to the first race. We know it's not going to be easy because the level of this championship is really insane now. But um, we will try to fight as hard as as we can. If it's going to be our learning season, there is no doubt about it. But we want to fight, and uh, yeah, it's going to be very exciting. Do you think it was important that the team continued to race, even though it was in a different category, to keep keep the team? In boxing terms, you would say ring ready, fight ready, race ready, I suppose. Yeah, sure, it was not an easy season for them last year because mm. uh, developing the new car, uh, still racing in P2 was very complicated. But in the end, it was very important that everyone uh, stayed uh, racing. And uh, for the boys at the pit stop, for the engineers on the strategy, that was, that was really important to, to stay um, you know, in good shape about mm-hmm. this. And right now, I feel that even though it was hard last year for them, uh, we, are, we are more ready this year. The operation, uh, the team operation, is, is ready to to fight with the, with a good uh, with the other manufacturers and the car. We will see, but from from what we feel, the car is very nice to drive. Well, I heard you described a moment or two by one of my colleagues as an old hand. I prefer to say the voice of experience, uh, as someone who's been around a few years as well. Can you compare it to anything, Nico? What's what's it like? What's it nearest to? Ah, you mean the car in general? It's it's, it's very different from everything I drove uh, so far. Uh, the car is uh, has more weight, uh, more probably more power than the old LMP1, um, and a lot of technology inside. I mean, there is a lot of electronic and, and software. So on this aspect, it's very nice to be here because we have the support from from the people working in Formula E, for the people working Formula One. So that's good to have this knowledge uh, in the house, you know, that was very important for us to progress uh, faster um, and to get ready uh, quicker. Um, but yeah, looking forward to, to this. It's uh, it's a nice car to drive, but I would say the nicest thing right now is the, is the competition because when you're going to be in the grid, uh, there's so many LMDH uh, hypercar around that it's going to be a great season for sure. Nice you, get the, you get the best seat in the house because you're going to be right, right in amongst it. Have you got? This is a, a dangerous thing to ask, and it's a dangerous thing to do. Have you guys set yourselves goals for 2024 for the World Championship season? And of course, we've got to think about Le Mans in June as well. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard because as I say, first year is very difficult to say. <laughs> Especially we always test it alone, so we don't have really references about what's the pace of the car. What we know is that the car has been quite reliable and we didn't have much problem during testing. Um, but there is no fixed goal. It's going to be a learning season for sure. Um, but yeah, let's see. Uh, I think we, we, we can be in a good position to to be there. And next year is going to be more about targets and goals, but this year is more about learning for sure. We wish you all the best. Thank you very much. Enjoy. That seems stupid because I know you will, but enjoy the season. <laughs> you're looking happy, you're looking yourself, and I know that when you're like that, you drive fast. <laughs> Thanks for speaking with us, Thank you very much. Mathieu Vaxvier, 
We are standing at the right front wheel of your new chariot for 2024. How do you feel about this season? It's going to be a challenge. Yeah, it will be a big challenge ahead, but um, no, I'm feeling excited. I'm really looking forward to, to the first race in Qatar because now after the development and a few tests, uh, I think we are ready to, to start the season. For sure, we have still a lot uh, of work to do in, uh, in the future, but, uh, but I think yeah, we, we are ready at least to, to start the racing. Can you ever be ready? I mean, if, you give, if, if there was another two months, the engineers and you guys would take it, wouldn't you? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah, we will take for sure the two months, but uh, now we are really looking uh, forward testing and we know that the Qatar now is in three weeks, so we need to, to move uh, forward. How's the testing been going? There was a 30-hour test at Aragon in November. Did that go smoothly? Yeah, uh, the test uh, went really well. We have like um, like small issue, but uh, uh, for first big test with the car, it uh, went really, really well. Uh, also by night, by day, a uh, bit changing weather, so it was really interesting and also to do some driver change, uh, pit stop practice with the guys, so no, no, to have a first feel of like how it will be during racing, uh, so yeah, all was good. Is it a bit weird because you've got no, nothing to stand against at the moment, there's no benchmark, you've been out there on your own, so how can you... How can you judge where you are if you, if you know what I mean in terms of performance? We cannot. <laughs> At the end, we cannot. We just felt great with the car. We felt that uh, the car had a lot of performance and reliability. But uh, you know how close is it? How the level is high? And uh, it will be so close that you cannot uh, judge because, like, uh, depends of the weather of everything. So, if we are like one tenth off or five tenths off or one second. I uh, really don't know, so really looking forward to Qatar to, to see where yeah. we, we will be. I think we are as well. I've got to ask you about Le Mans, a French driver in a French blue car um, from a French manufacturer with French tyres. It couldn't get any more French than that. Man, that is going to be extraordinary this year. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, unbelievable. To be honest, I'm so proud to be there, uh, to race for Alpine, uh, for myself to race an hypercar uh, in the year where it's like I think the most beautiful uh, of uh, the 24 of Le Mans. I mean, it's in a French race as well. It's like just uh, awesome. I'm just living the dream. So, yeah, it's, it's great. For a while, I thought you were never going to get your chance at Le Mans. <laughs> I, pre- I presume you thought not as well. But what a way to be in the top class. Yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, my dream. It's, a, the, it's my, my goal of my career, of, I would say, even my life, uh, to win Le Mans one day. So, I mean... I will never be that close to be fighting for the top, uh, but we, you know, that uh, Le Mans, we need to be really humble uh, to fight for the for the victory. But uh, at least uh, we are in the top category with the top brand, so at least I can fight for it. Mick, welcome to the FA World Endurance Championship. Another challenge for you. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, I am. I mean, it's obviously it is a very, very different approach uh, to racing, and you know, coming from a, like sprint format to, to obviously endurance format um, is, is a very different approach to it but I'm very excited to just get it started and share the car with uh, two more drivers well, I heard you talking a little bit earlier on about sharing the toys, it is a very different mindset, normally your teammate in single seater racing is the person you want to beat now you've got to all work together yeah I mean it has some benefits because you, you now actually learn how to also you know work with a different driver uh, 
basically trying to share the car and make the car faster and obviously only are going to be as quick as the slowest driver and, and, and therefore yes ideally um, you know we are able to to support each other and, and I think that's going to be a very different feeling to, to racing than what I've had before What has surprised you about the A424 either positively or just oh man I wasn't expecting that I mean, um, I always knew there was going to be traction control. I just didn't know that it was going to feel that way. And it was very special. It felt very unique. And um, I'm excited to develop it even further. And how long is it since you've driven with a roof over your head? Um, I don't know. When was the first test? End of, the, end of last year. Right. Um, so I've done now like five days in the car right. uh, approximately. And it is very different. It was a bit claustrophobic to begin with, but I think uh, you know once you get used to it, it's actually a, a very comfy spot to be in. Um, obviously, I'm more used to cabrios and, and maybe prefer a bit of a cabrio, but um, <laughs> I think it, it is a very very good place to be in and, and just excited to go racing again because that's what I love and that's what I missed. Is there one thing in particular that you're looking forward to most this year? I mean, just experiencing the limo 24 hours. Uh, good answer. Yeah. It, I mean, I guess it's the only answer you can really give because... Um, it's going to be my first time I've never even been to a 24 hour race uh, before so um, yeah I'm just very excited to, to go and experience it for myself wish you all the best welcome again uh, thanks for joining the Sports Car Club thank you very much well you might be slightly surprised to know that Jules Gounon is standing right in front of me AMG driver and still AMG driver need to make that uh, point straight away reserve driver for Alpine and the a hypercar programme. Right, well, we all know what reserve drivers do in Formula One. They stand at the back with a set of headphones on, and that, that's about all most times. Maybe get a practice session. Um, what is reserve driver for LMH? And we'll come to how you got into it in a moment, but what are you expecting to be doing, Shield? Congratulations, by the way, I should say. Thank you very much. Good to see you. The Thank last you. time I saw you was a, a very nice moment, let's say, in Batters. Of, well, we see each other in IMSA, but... No, as a reserve driver, I have a particular role this year, which is also development driver. So I will be around doing maybe eight to ten test day in the car, a lot of simulator in Paris. So I have really a very extensive and a lot of days with the team and try to bring them a bit of my experience of GT racing as their lineup is coming mainly from prototype. I have seen stuff in GTs that I think can be quite useful also in the hypercar. And uh, that's about it. I will also be in the races as a spare if a driver doesn't feel right. But uh, I will continue to do my GT duties on the side. You have almost no background, a few junior single-seater races. But I don't think you'd even driven an LMP2 car other than Tesla. I've raced one. Um, how did you manage to wangle yourself in here? That was an excellent job. Come on. Only me listening here, Gilles. Tell me how you managed to work this one out. Well, I managed it. I don't know how, actually. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think the result in GT the last few years were really great, and uh, that uh, put the spotlight on myself. And I have to say a huge thanks to Bruno and Philippe, which uh, tasted me last year, and I think they decided to give me a chance, which uh, I can't thank them enough, and I will be also very loyal to them for regarding that. Because as a GT driver, it's not every day you get the opportunity to step up in such a car, um, for drivers like Lelo and so on, it's a bit different because Lelo was uh, knocking at the door of Formula One. Mm -hmm. So for the manufacturer, they always see that there's a high experience of downforce. But for me, my biggest experience of downforce was, as you said, vice champion in Formula Four. And I did three races in Formula Renault. <laughs> so obviously, my neck was a bit destroyed after the first test 
name is the car, but... It's interesting because some of the other manufacturers have chosen GT drivers as well. And speaking to some of the guys who you'll be racing against with Porsche Penske, they describe this new top class as something like a... A, a GTE, a GT Le Mans car on steroids. It's, it's, it's big, it's powerful, but the driving style is quite similar. Well, I think also the last few years in GT before uh, the LMH, LMH and LMDH came, GT was the main thing in yeah. endurance and you had so many top, top drivers in GT that those guys just made their way with their manufacturer when they entered the program, like Ferrari that took their six GT driver, except Antonio, uh, that straight to the point. And for me, it was great to see so many GT drivers performing. When I see the performance of Matt Campbell in Daytona, it shows that uh, even him, he didn't have experience in single-seater. It shows that if you're good in a car, you should be good everywhere because at the end of the day, it's still four wheels, uh, four set of brakes, and a throttle pedal and a steering. So that's what my dad told me when I signed. I was like, well, I don't know. How am I going to do it? And he's like, look. It's a car. You brake as late as you can and you go on throttle as early as you can. If you take an apex, meanwhile, it's better. And, and that's <laughs> Your how you dad do is it. a very wise man. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the age that brings it. But at the end, when I drove it in Barcelona, I was quite surprised. Um, for sure, it's really fast, like you say, but it reminded me a bit of the GTE. I drove in Le Mans in 2019 and 20 with a lot of power. So um, the car is a, a big fun, a really a lot of fun. Right, so still racing for AMG this year. Need yep. to get that elusive Nurburgring 24 hours, clearly, yep. putting a lot of, lot of effort into that. Does this give you the opportunity to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, widen your career, because you are one of the top GT drivers in the world. There's no doubt about that. You'd be in, I think you'd be in pretty much everybody's top five. Okay, yeah. um, uh, So... Is that not enough for you? Do you not? Do you not? You, just, do you want to be known as a, just a top GT driver, Joe? Well, that's what my girlfriend says. You, you always want more, and uh, <laughs> I think it's the same for racing. Uh, again, when I was young, I still remember my dad driving LMP1 in, in Le Mans, and they had a V10 Judd. And I remember sleeping in the Algeco next to the track, hearing, Mom! and I was, I could not sleep. That's very good. And that's how. My passion started and I remember that day I made a promise to myself. I said, no matter how hard it will be, you will always have to work the hardest to have no regrets and one day be in such a car to try to win the 24 of Le Mans. I was lucky enough to win Spa twice, to win Daytona, to win Bathurst three times, Petit Le Mans, a lot of championship. But this is a different story. Uh, I think if one day you can step up on the top step of the 24 of Le Mans uh, and if my dad can be down there looking at me, I think that would be the maybe the best day of my life. If that happens, it'll be, not just you will be in tears, we'll all be in tears <laughs> yeah. if that happens as well. It's been a cracking journey to, to go along with you, Shields. I'm, I'm really pleased to see you here. I'd heard a little whisper about it. Tell me about um, Stefan Vent at, at, uh, at AMG and, and how that conversation went. They don't have a programme like this at the moment, so that, that was an advantage, presumably. Yeah, sure. For me, it all started by the fact, as we were talking before, that I don't want to look at myself in uh, 10 years and be winning everything in GT and say, oh, I never got my chance to try to win Le Mans overall. And uh, the discussion with Alpine started very early at the end of uh, 2022 uh, as a first glimpse. And then we went more to it during the year. And 
I think I have to thank a lot Stefan Wendel and Chris Zagermüller, my two bosses in, in Mercedes-AMG, to let me do that. And it started by when I had the, the contract in my hands. Uh, I obviously told AMG that I was in contact with them. And when I had the proposition, I decided to go myself uh, as my parent. My, my, my dad and granddad always told me, to, to go to the person, look straight into the eyes and tell him the truth and tell him what your goals are in life and what is your dream. And clearly my dream was to be able to step in such a car. So I went to Berlin, asked Stefan to have two hours for me. We went for a dinner near the river, I, I will remember, and I started telling him what was going on. And Stefan, I think, saw on me a dream, uh, a kid's dream since I'm eight. Uh, and... Uh, I think I can't thank him enough to, to let me do this and I can't wait to get it started. I had the first test in Barcelona last week and I have to say I was uh, really emotional when I finished and my test and I boxed and I was like, wow, I'm there. I'm finally at the beginning of where I want to be. Now it's time for me to work even harder and uh, see what the future brings for me again. This is another golden age of sports cars. It is it, undoubtedly, as far as I'm concerned, you. Your dad was involved in one. I've I've seen a couple of cycles yeah. now. Um, this would be be nice one to get involved in properly and race as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as you said, when you see the lineup of WEG, the lineup of IMSA, the lineup of 24 of Le Mans, oh. it's amazing. And uh, the fans also know it. When I see the attendance in Daytona this year, when I see La- Le Mans last year. I think the new generation really enjoy more endurance than it used to be 10 years ago. And uh, Well, it's not like when I started, when races were won by 5 and 10 laps, 70 laps at Daytona. Now, if it's 70 seconds, we think it was a, was a bad race. It was, two, it was two seconds at Daytona, and everybody, no, that wasn't the finish. That's, that, and that's because of the reliability, the speed, the quality of the drivers. Yeah, and it's, I remember all your comments in Bathurst. I mean, when I crossed the line with less than a second between between the top three it's unbelievable and like you say I think for the fans there is so much more pro involved also and the fighting is good the drivers are very accessible as a fan in Daytona you come you can walk maybe two meters from a Penske 963 and I think that's uh, priceless compared to Formula 1 or other sports which are difficult to access so um, that's one of our strong points and I think it's going to keep going up 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 and um, yeah I can't wait to, to continue this journey Shilgun on the reserve driver for Team Alpine and their A424 in the FIA World Endurance Championship. And all the drivers from the 35 and the 36 car. My thanks to Paul Lupiatin, Charles Melezi, Ferdi Habsburg, uh, the inimitable Nico Lapierre, Mick Schumacher and Mathieu Vaxfier. And Philippe Signor joining us as well, the man who heads up the programme. And a special thanks to both Jim and Kate from Alpine UK for the invitation. You can follow the progress of the Alpine A424 in our FIA World Endurance Championship live coverage across 2024 here on the Radio Show Limited Network. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.